Welcome to the Step Up Your Business podcast. This is a weekly show brought to you by the Business Advisory Center Durham. In these episodes, we'll talk about everything to do with business, how to get started, how to grow your business, you'd meet some of our clients that we work with, and upcoming events that are going on in our region. We'd love you to join us every week and hopefully take away something that you can implement into your business. Even though we are in the Durham region, a lot of the business advice and information is applicable to all businesses. Thank you and stay tuned. Today I have Diane and Dustin Keller from Durham Recruiting with me, Teresa Schaber here from the Business Advisory Center Durham. And we're going to talk to them about their business and about entrepreneurship and really just learning a little bit about them. So I love to introduce our audience to local businesses and also to clients that have, you know, we're lucky enough to have had them as clients here at BACD. So I love to introduce them and just, you know, help spread and help grow a community of entrepreneurs here in Durham region. So welcome Diane and Dustin. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, that's what it is. It is a good morning. <laughs> Great to have you here. So uh, just a little bit about Durham Recruiting. I mean, they can see what's on the screen, but I would like you to talk a little bit about what inspired you actually to start your own business and to go down this road. Um, and then also just a little bit about the services that you offer. That'd be awesome if whoever wants to answer that question. Um. <laughs> So how we got started. So Dustin and I have always wanted to um, own our own business. And I think it was what, 14 years in the making. We couldn't decide what we, we could do together. Um, and then I started recruiting about five, six years ago now. And uh, love that it brought everything together that I've ever loved in a job before. So meeting with clients, um, changing people's lives, uh, interviewing, just people interaction. Um, and I, I came home with a story one day for, for Dustin, you know, I had um, placed this woman, she was a um, more mature uh, candidate and she was crying on the phone because she was so happy that I had found her the perfect fit. And uh, we had that aha moment of that's what we're going to do. So mm -hmm. after our second uh, child was born, um, <laughs> six months old, we actually started Durham recruiting. Yeah, um, so a bit about my background. I was in market research strategy and I've conducted focus groups my whole career. So I've done an interview my whole career, but it was always to sell widgets and nothing wrong with that. I always felt in my mind, you know, we're helping people keep jobs um, in manufacturing or, or, or whichever. Yeah. And, and, but now I get the best of both worlds. I love going out and meeting people. I love interviewing and I love just hearing people's stories. And the cool thing is now we get to not commute into the city anymore and change people's lives here and connect uh, some great people with great companies. And we're so <laughs> excited to be able to do that because there's so many Durham's on its way up and, and we couldn't be more excited for Durham. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. We really are the last outpost in the GTA to grow, right? We are. So I think here's a lot of opportunity coming from now going forward. So we're very excited to have you here as a recruiting company. So I know recently you just won something. Would you like to tell us what that is? So thank you. Um, uh, recently, there was, a, there was a couple awards that we're particularly proud of. So the first one is uh, we won the uh, 2019 Staffing Award for Best Talent and for client. And what they do is it's a third party called Clearly Rated. And they take measurement from all of our clients and all of our candidates and those who respond to the survey. 
And essentially, they're looking at a net promoter score. So, you know, would you recommend somebody or recommend this company? And it's a scale out of 10. And in short, uh, we were one of only a handful of companies to ever score 100% MPS score for clients. So we're really, really proud of that. And it really just speaks to the dedication from our team. (laughs) We have such an awesome team. The second part, um, McLean's Magazine and Canadian Business does an annual Growth 500, looking at the fastest growing companies in Canada. And as a subset of that group, they have the Startup 50, so the new business, new companies that are are starting up. And you had to have been at least two years, uh, two years old, and we're two and a half. And so what they look at is the growth, um, revenue growth, uh, percentage growth year on year. And so we ended up um, uh, earning 15th spot uh, in Canada. So we're the 15th fastest growing company in Canada and number one in HR. That's amazing. Now, I did look at that list, but the interesting thing that blew me away, that was like a thousand percent is the growth yes. rate, right? Yours yes. was was it a thousand and three or? Yeah, <laughs> good memory. <laughs> was, yes. Yeah. Somewhere around there, yes. That's excellent. There's not too many Durham Region companies who actually get this, uh, you know, this kind of award. So kudos to you guys for being amazing at what you do. So tell us about your team. You said you've got a great team. I know that you've probably had trials and tribulations in, in hiring and keeping and retaining them and moving them on if they didn't fit and all this sort of stuff. Love to hear some, some of the journey you've had there. Hmm. I mean, we have... Um... Like any new business, you have to find your culture, you have to find the right environment, um, and then finding and, and staying true to the people that fit within the values of the company. So like any company, yeah, we've, we've had some, you know, some a little bit of turnover, but I think we're finally at a point where um, we know exactly what we're looking for, um, type of people, and it's really people with a good heart. So, um, you know... Yep. recruiting yep. Is, is about talking to people. It's about connecting with people. So, you know, do you have to come from the industry? Not at all. We've trained some amazing people um, that haven't come from the industry and they're, you know, they're killing it every day. Well, in fact, that's part. been part of our challenge. So we've all, there's, there's been a couple people that, you know, we would, we would say weren't the right fit, but there are people that came from the industry. So the so-called staffing industry and it was hard for them to adjust um, because recruiting's hard and you go through a process and it's really understanding the story of the candidate and the story of the company and matching them rather than, and, and it's not disrespectful to the current, you know, the, the old staffing model, but it's just basically burn and churn. And, and I think companies are tired of that. Candidates are tired of that. So enter Durham recruiting where we, where we find full-time jobs, but it's hard and you go through a process and some people just don't adjust well to it. Well, and that's fair. I mean, I think the most important investment you can ever make in your business is hiring people that fit your culture, right? And the culture mm-hmm. that you want to create. And I mean, hiring people is difficult and hiring it for other people is just as difficult, I think. Mm-hmm. And so when you make those steps, when you really, and it takes a few years. I mean, I went through the oh. same thing here at BACD was taking a few years to work through what is our culture? What do we stand for? Mm-hmm. Um, some people had to move on out of their roles because they just didn't fit the culture, you know, and it happens. And I always look at it as like you're doing a disservice for yourself and for the person if you kind of stay in the role. So, you know. Absolutely. It ta- and it takes courage to to realize that they're not the right fit. I mean, we're talking to companies about that all the time as well yeah. is what is that person who doesn't fit 
doing to your company? Like, let's find somebody who fits with you guys. So it's, it's like a family. It's, it's a, it's a community at work. And what I love about our group, if I may, is I know when the chips are down, everybody pulls together and everybody supports each other. People come in in the morning with a smile on their face. It, to me, and I, maybe I, I like to believe this, I really don't feel like it's work for them. Sure, there's a, a grind from time to time, yeah. but every, we have so much fun together. I mean, mm-hmm. we're singing in the office, mm-hmm. we're, we're throwing things at each other. Like it's just, it's a fun <laughs> environment. And the mm-hmm. cool part is, is when somebody fills a role with a company, just seeing the look in their eye of, of you know, it, I don't know, I love it. And, and we all share in that as well. Yeah. Um, we celebrate that because it's important. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I think that's so important. You did mention like what, why you started, Tommy. How did you know that there would actually be people who would want your type of service? So this is, this is actually a pretty important point. And I think for entrepreneurs, generally speaking, this is critical. Yes. Do your research. So this is my market research background, my geeky background. Um, you could come up with a great idea, but people may not may not care. Maybe they wanted the old staffing model. Maybe they, all they wanted is just temp. Um, we had a feeling that that wasn't the case. Diane, in particular, being in uh, the industry for a few years, um, she felt it. She felt the the pulse and and you know the the sea change that is coming. And we wanted to be part of that. So. We spoke to clients, um, businesses beforehand, and candidates, and asked them, "What is it you want? What is what is it that are your pain points about working with staffing, working, finding a job in Durham? Like all of these points." Yes. And so that's where we came came to the conclusion that yes, we have something, but we needed to be different, and we needed to show that we were different. And it was our model, our recruitment model. Right. We had to stay true to it because we found that the industry was broken. There wasn't really a recruitment model. It was five minute interview and then go off somewhere. We need to make sure there was respect for everybody from, from top to bottom. And the second part is, is for manufacturing, giving them an option because there was no option for this perpetual temp. They had to wait 500 hours and somebody who's trying to feed a family, if they're living in a precarious situation, they didn't know whether or not they're gonna be hired on full time. And it's that constant angst and wondering, you know, what's next for me? Mm-hmm. So we did, um, Diane, actually, um, you know, through listening to our clients, we created a temp to hire program, which is unique to us. And essentially, it's a hybrid between temp and perm. And not to go too far down this road, the goal is to get full time jobs. So it replaces the temp. And we're pretty proud of the fact I think we've replaced about 105 or maybe more jobs that used to be temp are now permanent roles and credit to our manufacturers. I think of almost all have signed board under this temp to hire program because they're tired of that old model have moved that. So in short, we knew this because we did our research. We had a feeling we did our research and we tailored towards what we learned. Right. Which is really important. I think because, uh, I mean, I was in the industry myself and had a bad reputation. The whole temp yes. thing was not a good reputation, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. Another question I have for you is what do you see as the coming trends for your industry? I know that technology has certainly taken hold of so many industries. I don't know what, what you see is coming and how are you going to safeguard your business? So actually I'm pretty excited about 
AI technology and, and learning uh, technology is, is here and yeah. it's only going to get better. Currently right now, uh, technology that's in place and seems to be pervasive across not only the recruiting industry, but large scale companies is a way to filter resumes quicker. And they yes. do that by keywords. Yes. The challenge I have with that is not everybody are keywords. People are people. And it doesn't really help. I find it's, in my personal humble opinion, it's lazy. And it doesn't serve the candidate well. And it's only serving the recruiter well so they can speed up their job faster and they can go through more resumes quicker. But they might be missing those diamonds. And, and why would you want to risk that? On Indeed, it takes out sometimes half of your resume. You, yeah. you don't get complete resumes on Indeed. So yeah. it it's impossible to make some of those cuts. So if I may put in a plug for Durham College, I'm currently uh, working <laughs> with them. Well, we are, we're all working with Durham College for, with the AI Hub, and we're creating the next level uh, technology which combines character, personality, work environment, motivation and interest, and we're- Love it. And we're mm -hmm. putting that all together, including the resume that's not an Indeed resume. And we're going to parse that all into what we call the candidate story. So stay tuned for that because it is going to be a game changer. We're really that excited. Sounds, that sounds awesome. I'm, I'm excited. And that's what I love is that you're, you know, staying on the cutting edge of technology and keeping it in a way that you can adopt it in your business and change an industry. Mm -hmm. Tell me what piece of advice, maybe there's more than one, would you give to people who want to become entrepreneurs? Hmm. I know Dustin, you mentioned earlier, like do your market research, but what other advice? Get a week sleep before you start. Because it's the last week of sleep you're ever gonna get. Yeah, and don't do it when you have two babies at home. I think Number one, do your market research. And I don't mean speak to your your closest family and friends. That's it. They'll lie to you. They will. Okay. They want to be supportive. Go to them for support. But I would I would actually get out there and speak to the public and speak to as many people as you can and ask them, um, is this different? Is this is there a need? What am I what am, what's the purpose for my role? And what is what is the gap out there that I'm filling? Mm -hmm, that's right. number one now let's assume that you do that and you feel really good that you have something do not ever have a plan b go all in um we <laughs> i'll tell you our story we changed more i i quit my job because i was like that's it we're doing it i probably did a bit hasty um <laughs> transferred our mortgage from one place to another got a small line of credit and that was it and we went all in and there was no plan B and we just knew it and we just slogged through it. There's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people who will say, well, that'll never work or blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to them. Stay to it and work your ass off, but have fun. That's the big thing. Be passionate about it. This is your baby. Be passionate about it and love what you're doing and it will all come together. I think it's the, the love what you do because it doesn't yeah. feel like work. I mean, we both work 60 hours a week, but I don't, I don't mind. Like I love what we, I love every minute of it. So um, the big thing for me is, is love what you're going to start doing. Cause you're going to be doing it a lot yeah. <laughs> to be successful. When are you ready to start adding some work-life balance in? Is there such a thing as work-life well, balance? Work so maybe we don't work 60 hours every week. There is work-life balance. 
we schedule in with the kids and whatnot. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, I mean, we have two small kids, so uh, being an entrepreneur allows me to still have, I mean, we're up at six. I don't drop the kids off till 8.30. I pick them up at quarter to five, spend, you know, those three hours with them, and then I'm back at work afterwards. But being an entrepreneur, I can still be a mom. My kids would barely know that I even have a job because we have that freedom. So I guess for us, we choose to do this amount of work, but we could choose not to. And I think that's the big thing. We, mm. we could choose not to. We have a team now, as we mentioned earlier, a great staff. We've got trained up. And that's the hardest part, too. When your first couple of years, you're still finding your way. You're still trying to understand your identity. You're still trying to understand what makes you tick, your culture, as Diane mentioned. Yes. We're kind of there now. Not that it won't change in six months, but I feel like, I feel like we're on a very good path. And so if, if Diane and I couldn't show up to work for a week, things would still be moving along because we, and this is going to my second part or another part is it doesn't matter if you're a solopreneur or you're looking to bring on one or two people, build a process, build procedures. I'm not, I've never been a process person, but I respect them because as you bring them on and you start to scale, it's better for training. Everybody's singing the same tune because there's nothing mm -hmm. worse when somebody uh, would work with say Diane and then work with me and they're getting mixed communication and it's all over the place. Right. You have to have synergies across the board, across each department or each team and each person. That's, that's a key thing. So how do you do that? Well, that's part of the reason we're working 60 hours. So we're, we're we still meeting with, yeah. with clients and doing recruiting, but then we're also building the processes yeah. we're building you know the templates and and tweaking them and building on what our team has suggested so um, do you use any technology to make that happen like do you use like a trello board or slack or something that people can see all this stuff yes there is we don't do that mm -hmm. I, i'm i'm still a pen and paper type of person and and i i find when you're doing it that way and you get people involved and we involve the people that we have. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to get ideas from everybody. And every Friday we have our meeting and we talk about everything and everybody is involved. And I think that's extremely important. It's we've seen in many cases, there's master servant kind of relationship with, you know, ownership and, and not so that's all the, all the time. But it needs to be collaborative and people need to know that their opinion matters and what they say matters and implement it. And I like to feel mm -hmm. we we do that. We don't make a decision without the team, the team's input, yep. because that's how we're a team is it's a true team. It's not Dustin and I and the rest of you. It's it's all of us together building our company. And we're better <laughs> off for it. Yeah, because if you want people to believe in what you're doing, you need to get their buy-in. They need to be on the same path mm -hmm. as you, right? So very, very good. Don't always focus on what you're building and selling. You need to spend some time. Two things that I always try to book in thinking time mm -hmm. and time to grow your business. And I know everybody says, well, I'm already working 80 hours uh, doing widgets or doing what I'm doing. Then if that's the case, hire somebody. Mm -hmm. The biggest, the, one of the biggest things for us is when Diane and I decided enough's enough. We need to bring on staff. And then it was hard to let things go and, and to give that up. But I, please listen, <laughs> this, that was one of the most important turning points for our business is realizing that you have to invest in bringing in people to, to 
free up your time to grow your business because nobody can grow your business like you because you are the business, you are the brand. And as part of that, be brave, be bold. Uh, we, we went into advertising on the radio. It was a big investment for us. We had, <laughs> we had many discussions, but it worked because we knew that 94.9 uh, was our blue collar audience. We did our research on that and it's been an amazing, amazing mm -hmm. partner for us because nobody else is doing what we are doing on the radio. So we own that spot. So we're looking for these little niches on social media, build up your social media, ask for people to give you Google reviews. People go online, that's where you should focus and it doesn't cost you any money for that part is the online branding presence. That's very true. question I have for you or did you have something else to say there no oh. I'll be quiet Sorry. <laughs> I do like your advice I think it's really important I mean I can say whatever I want to say but I'm sitting in this I used to have my own businesses and now I'm sitting you. in this. Yeah. there was a turning point and it was with, and I'll I'll give a shout out to the BACD so when we first started I thought like everybody else, you got to put together a business plan and it's got to be pages and pages and pages. No, and while no. I believe you do need some kind of a plan, you don't need to down. I, I, I even went as far as downloading a template from online and just, and just try to do plug and play. Two things happen. One, it helped Diane and I have the conversation about what we want to do and how we want to do it. So that was important, but I'll never forget. I, I spoke to Di and I said, yeah, I've got a meeting with the BACD. <laughs> and so I came in into the office here and I can't remember the gentleman's name. It was, um, uh, yes. And he, and I said, here's my business plan. But after talking to, to him and he learning that, you know, what our plans were, et cetera, he basically grabbed it and threw it in the garbage. <laughs> and he said, you don't need this. It's all in your head. You know what you're doing. So go and do it. Okay. And I was like, now that worked for us. I'm not saying you throw away your business plan. Okay. <laughs> but, but for, but Diane and I had done so much research that we already knew it and we already had sort of that plan in place. And he said, don't let this get in your way, go and do it. Right. And I walked away and I said to Diane, I said, she said, how'd it go? And I, and she, I said, he threw everything <laughs> that we garbage. built on in the garbage, all my hours of work doing it. And she said, well, now you're freed up and now we can do what we want to do instead of the business plan. So, yes, I am not a lover of the business plan here. It's never one of the things we say you need to do. However, if you ever are going down the traditional channels of trying to apply for money or yes. a loan or a grant, that's what they use to grade you. Mm -hmm. But we don't always, I mean, you need a plan, some sort of plan, some sort of work plan, but it yes. certainly doesn't have to be more than five pages, one page, yeah. two page. You decide, right? Yeah. Yep. And your plan yeah, changes every year. Money at the beginning anyways. So. That was, <laughs> and that really was a turning point right. in our thinking that, you know what, we don't, we're not a bo in the box people. Why are we trying to shoehorn, you know, our plan? And yeah. it was after that, it, it was almost like a weight came off. We said, screw it. We're just going to do it our way. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Now, I bet you do have a plan You're in your head. <laughs> and not just that. You knew your vision, your mission, what you were about, your values, the culture. You knew all those things you wanted to do. So whether you know those and embody those, it's the same as having a plan. You still have a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's no. true. 
And yep. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I always say you don't need a business plan, but you need some sort of plan of what it is you want to do and what do you want to achieve? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Set goals. Yes. And, and try not to make it a bridge too far and celebrate those small little wins. I'm big on incrementalism. So even a small win is a win. It, it is, is a win. I find um, in our culture that we don't actually celebrate the small wins. We just keep going, okay, what was wrong with it? What can we do better? So we're always looking at it with a negative lens instead of the lens of like, that was awesome. Well, for me, it's a difference between happiness. Happiness is cause and effect. But what about just everyday joy, right? That's, to me, that's a big difference is just joy in what you're doing and try not to be the happy you know, cause and effect because you're always going to move that bar and you're always going to be you know, down on ourselves. And entrepreneurs were probably the hardest people on ourselves to begin with. So I think Very for true. us, it's, you know, love each other. We're going to, you know, we have occasional disagreements. <laughs> where I'm getting yelled at, but just joy. Yes. Love what you're doing and be proud of it and let everybody else know what you're doing. So anything you're doing, tell everybody what you're doing. Very good point. Very good point. And I think we forget about that. We always, uh, we glamorize the hustle, the grinding. Instead, I think we could do better than that, you know? So I yeah, agree. I love that. Another question I have for you, what key activities do you think entrepreneurs should invest in for themselves? Activities in what way do you mean? For their business, mm. for themselves. Apart from finding joy is one of them. I think for the biggest thing is develop your network. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier BACD. Um, as a great partner. They have the Do It in Durham. We went to the Do It in Durham uh, the first, first year that we had started, and we met so many people there, but we also listened to experts in the industry. And this isn't some shameless plug for the BACD. I actually mean this. It was amazing because it helped us speak to social media people, it helped us understand how social media works. So, it, so all these various experts. So that was number one. Number two, speaking um, to, to accountants, going to the Chamber of Commerce uh, here in Oshawa. We're actually part of all of the chambers in Durham just by way of our business. Get out there, meet people. And that's what I mean. I hear entrepreneurs all the time. I don't have any time. I'm always 80 hours a week. Then if you're working 80 hours a week, you should really consider you know, moving off that stuff to somebody else to free your time so you can build your business. I cannot express that enough. A lot of great people who are good at um, plumbing, but don't know how to build their business. And all they focus on is plumbing and they're working from one job to the next. And, and you know, it's, that's precarious. It's up and down. So yes. build your pipeline, build yes. your network of people out there. I mean, we're, I like to feel that we've been successful. Um, but it's taken a lot of people to help us get there, like to a community of Durham, so many people. And you don't need to hire full-time people. I mean, we no. have a fractional CFO. We have a bookkeeper. We have yeah. an IT team. Like, right. get rid of it. You, you right. can't do it all. But it's, 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 you know, very small amount compared to hiring somebody on full-time. Everybody sees this big cost, but it's, it's not because it frees you up to go build your business. Imagine right. what you could be doing if you had more time. Yeah. And this is the way you create more time, right? No, I just want to go back to the shameless plug for BACD. I really appreciate you putting that in. And it's not so much that we really, I mean, what we care about is the take hold of the opportunities that are out there. 
And mm -hmm. if we can give those opportunities to the entrepreneurial community, go mm -hmm. out and meet those people. The Do It in Durham Week is about celebrating entrepreneurship and growing the ecosystem in Durham region, right? Yeah, Just even if you meet one person, like you yes. go to a couple of events, you, you meet one person at each event, You've just built your network and they're going to start plugging your your company right. for you we have about like every year somewhere between 40 and 50 we never have a number we just know when it's right and we land at that number so um you know and, i and have amazing people that i that we have attended who are yeah awesome giving who, their time for free you know everybody these events are most of them are free and it's just it's up to you to take advantage of what's out there. There's a lot of it. And you were so right. I love that you say that you need to invest your time in networking and meeting people because sitting in your office, just doing the work doesn't, doesn't grow your business for you. Sure. You can fulfill admin and some sales, but like you really need to work on your business as opposed to in your business. Right. Especially in Durham. I think it's still, yes. it's still a community. We're not, we're not as mm. cold as Toronto, Markham, you know, further into the West end of the city. Warm um, people there too, though. I'm just saying, <laughs> but it, it's, Durham is a unique little beast. It's, it's, it's very much about who, you know, keeping it local. That's another reason we've been so successful is we are local. There's finally a local choice. And every yeah. business that we use, is local mm -hmm. that was a, that was a business decision that mm -hmm. that's awesome local. yeah i have another question for you can you see you growing your business like outside of durham region to the gta can it be online can it be global can it be national <laughs> yeah. i think we're already on Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are plans in place yes okay. um so two things that we're really excited about um we're finalizing our hr division so this is going to be so we're Pretty good at acquisition, but now we, we're helping our, our business partners with uh, retention. And that's a huge thing um, because we know the cost of losing somebody or having to replace somebody. So we've got an amazing expert team that is now building that up. And we did the exact same thing as we went to all of our clients and we asked them, how are you using HR? What, how can we help support you? And all of the feedback, so what we're putting together is from our clients literally is from our clients so there's that and we're also moving to northumberland and there is uh, plans um to take 404 east i don't know if we have any plans to formally go into the west but who knows who knows and i mean you can be quite uh what's the word you can be quite virtual in this business too you know once you develop the relationships with people mm -hmm. i think is yep. that opportunity. Um, one of the other things I just want to mention is that you are an expert member of the, the expert network for Durham for uh, BACD. And um, what that means is that you're on our website and that when people are looking for jobs or they're looking for staff, that they can come to you and you can help them. So I appreciate you being part of that network well, thank you. Um, for the HR opportunities that a lot of our clients have. And I would love to you know, expand, as you just said, you're gonna expand the HR division, which I think is important. Another mm -hmm. question I wanna ask you is just, you mentioned temp and then you mentioned perm. So tell us just a little bit about what is the actual services that you do there? You're doing, you know, walk us through some of 
those services? So on the on the manufacturing side, um, we have a program called the Temp to Hire program. So it, it basically gives um, the candidate coming in four weeks to sort of try out the job. Let's make sure you like the job, make sure the client likes you. After four weeks, you're going to be hired on full-time. So we actually advertise it as a full-time job because that's 100% the intention. Um, there's a guarantee from the client if everything is working out that you're hired on full-time. So we don't do any temporary roles. Um, well, they're rare. Very, very, very rare. rare. Um, okay. You know, for, know. Yeah, very. if it's a good client, we'll, we'll possibly do one, but we don't do any any contract or temp work, it's all intention to get people full time. And then of course we have our, our permanent roles where you go on to your clients, our clients books from, from day one. And that's anything from a service tech to an office manager, right up to a general manager and VP. So, yeah. uh, and with our process, and that was one of the important parts is can our, can our process work across, you know, vertically or laterally. Mm -hmm. And, and so far we've had great success. So we've, we've done extremely uh, senior level roles all the way down to frontline and everywhere in between. And we keep the same process. And I think that's really important. There's nuance of course, yes. but we keep the same process. So that's another question. It's not just manufacturing companies. You work with any companies oh, who need lots. staff. Well, I'm, I'm speaking with the, you name it, we'll figure it yeah. out. An orthopedic okay. company today out of Soville. So yeah. I mean, our process allows us to do anything because we're going to know them as as human beings. So if right. you can tell us about your company and tell tell us your story, we can find a match uh, with a candidate. So that's pretty much what we do: is storytelling. So we 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 spend a heck of a lot of time with with the company, uh, do the market research, and we don't just talk about the role. In fact, we hardly ever talk about the role. It's about that funnel. So tell me about the industry. Tell me what's happening. Tell me about your uh, competitors. What's keeping you up at night? You know, and then we get down to the team and then the culture of the team. We really, really try to understand, understand that so that we tell the candidate, or sorry, the company story to candidates. Yeah. Not only in the job description, but when our recruiters are having that conversation, they can they can paint the bigger picture and try to have the candidate see themselves in that culture or in that company. And then on the other side, our, our approach on the back end allows us to tell the candidate story. And we ask all the questions and what, you know, motivation, attitude, characteristics, skill sets, you name it, we do it. We don't just focus on skills and that that always bakes my broccoli when companies just focus on skills and we play matchmaker mm -hmm. and that's essentially what we do. Mm -hmm. um, a nice way to say it, huh? Bakes my broccoli. I like this other one. Somebody says they're shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. So thank you very much for your time. I appreciate having this opportunity to interview you both. Thank you. And uh, thanks to our audience for listening. And uh, I hope to see you around at 2019, Dune in Durham. Thank you for being a guest today on our podcast. This is Teresa Shaver signing off from the Business Advisory Center Durham. And we hope that you will join us next week. Take care, guys.